series this morning, and um, we're looking into what, what is probably the most well-known chapter in the entire Bible. Um, no other psalm has been quoted, memorized, written on coffee mugs, put on Christian posters and art than this psalm. It's the psalm that St. Augustine called the martyr's hymn because so many Christians way back in, in his day that, that were being martyred for their faith would quote this psalm on their way to losing their life for their faith. Abraham Lincoln, as he battled depression and anxiety during the Civil War, he referred to this psalm often. George W. Bush read this psalm to a grieving nation on 9-11. And it's a psalm that people have described as being um, easy enough to understand that a child can kind of wrap their mind around what this psalm says. Yet at the same time, it's, it's so deep and it's so rich with truth that you could spend your entire life plumbing the depths of, of this incredible psalm. Others have said that this psalm sums up the spiritual life and the, the kingdom of God in a nutshell. Um, I'm, of course, talking about Psalm 23. And as I was planning this series I was kind of debating, okay, what, should, should I do this psalm or should I not do this psalm? Because it's one of those, those psalms, those chapters in the Bible that, that is, is so well known that even people that, that don't go to church have probably heard parts of this psalm. But it's also so well known, it's, so, it's preached all the time. If you've ever been to a, a, a funeral service, likely there's a, there's a good chance that you heard Psalm 23 as the text that was preached that day. I've actually even preached out of Psalm 23 within the last couple years. And so I was going, should, should we just skip Psalm 23 as we're going through Psalms? Um, but we're going to go there this morning because, one, I felt like God was saying that He has some things He wants to say to us through this psalm. And second reason we're going here is because I just love this psalm so, so much. Um, there is no other verse in the Bible that I personally meditate on more than Psalm 23. It's literally, practically, prob probably close to at least every other day. Um, I'll spend some time meditating on Psalm 23. And uh, we're going to go here this morning. And I just encourage you as I read this, this psalm to you this morning, a lot of you probably even have this psalm memorized in the room. But I just encourage you to hear it this morning with, with fresh ears uh, for what God wants to say to us today. It goes like this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack Nothing. We could just stop there and preach that all morning. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Anybody need some refreshing today? God's here. The Bible says He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for His name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And then as we're about halfway through this psalm, there's going to be a shift in the imagery here. A lot of us know this psalm as the, the, the shepherd's psalm. It's about the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. He, he, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me. He, he guides me. He's there with me even in the darkest valley. We see this most of the time as the, the shepherd's psalm, but the imagery is going to shift here to God as generous host. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. 
Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Now, if you came in this morning a little discouraged, you need to know that goodness and love is pursuing you even now, right here in this moment, when you have the Lord as your shepherd. He's for you. He's with you. That, that has not changed at all. Something that Becky and I uh, really enjoy doing, I'm sure a lot of you are on this boat too, but we, we love going to people's homes for dinner. In fact, it, it doesn't even have to be just for dinner. It could be for an appy. It could be for dessert. We love going to people's homes. Hint, 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 hint uh, this morning. Um, <laughs> but, but have you ever noticed... Have you ever noticed how some people are just really good hosts? I mean, there's hosts, and then there's really good hosts. Um, they're so good that, that you can just completely go and just completely re relax. Um, I think one of the best hosts, um, if not the best ones that I personally know, are my in-laws. My mother and father-in-law are absolutely incredible hosts. In fact, they're so good that if we haven't been to their house in a while, we'll start dropping hints about how it's time to start coming over. I was actually just telling Becky, this was probably about three or four weeks ago, um, her, her mom makes this amazing chile rileno. In fact, it was the, the first dish that I ever had of hers way back when Becky and I were dating. And I don't know if you remember this, but I just, I had, it was, it was I, I had come over to their house to meet uh, Becky's parents. And you know how it goes when the boyfriend meets the dad. Uh, it was so awkward. I couldn't think of anything to say. I was sweating. And then she brought out the chile rileno and talked about comfort food. Um, I must have devoured like half of that dish. It was so amazing. But I hadn't had it in a while, so we started, I, I told Becky, hey, could you like drop some hints to your mom? And sure enough, she invites us over um, to their house in Linden, and uh, it was amazing. But there's a lot of things that make Becky's parents amazing hosts, um, not just the cooking that's out of this world, but they just, they just know how to do it really well. For starters, you pull up to the house, and the grass is, is, is almost always freshly cut. They've got everything just kind of tidied. Everything's like in immaculate condition. Um, and, and then you, you, as you, you come to the front door, um, if they know that you're going to be coming, they, they'll unlock the front door so that you can just come right on in. And of course, they've got the, the, the mat there that, that says, Welcome. And then when you open the front door, you're, you're right away, I don't know if any other host on the planet does this other than Becky's mom, but you open the front door and you're greeted to a song. And it's not Becky's mom and dad standing there singing, but they have somehow rigged up this little contraption on the door. And, and when you open the door, it somehow pulls this string that's connected to this music box on the wall, and it literally starts playing a song when you walk in. And it's been like that ever since, uh, I mean, probably from one time you were like a kid. But that's just what they do. And so you come in the house, and then you look around, and of course everything is like immaculate condition. You look at the carpet, it's just been freshly vacuumed, like it has all the vacuum lines there. And, and they're, of course, there right away to greet you with hugs and just uh, welcome you in. And, and, and one of the first things they say is, hey, come on in, make yourself at home. And by this time, they know us well enough that they know what all of our favorite drinks and snacks are. And, and, and by the way, you are a really good host if you, if you anticipate what your, your, your guests are going to like and have that stuff already 
planned out and it's ready to go. So we come in, they're offering us all the things that we like and just uh, the smells of whatever being cooked is just wafting through our nose. And it's just absolutely amazing. And as we sit down for dinner, we're just, we're so relaxed. Because we just know that for that entire evening, we're going to be treated like kings and queens. Like royalty. In fact, they, we can never help out when we go over there. Yes, we offer almost every single time, but they demand that they do the dishes and that we just kick back and relax and enjoy uh, just our, our time together. They've got the hot tub, it's come, kick your feet off, kick your shoes off, whatever. You can't kick your, kick your feet off, that would hurt, but <laughs> kick your shoes off. And then when you go to their house on Thanksgiving or Christmas, it's like next level hospitality. I mean, out comes all the fancy dishes and plates, every place setting. Get this, you've seen the, the, the place settings where they have all the forks and all that kind of stuff. Um, at Becky's mom's house, every place setting, you have your own little eeny weeny butter dish, and you've got your own little tiny, tiny salt and pepper shakers. <laughs> it's like crazy. I mean, it's like next level hosting, hospitality, all that kind of stuff. It's, it's amazing. I didn't even know what a charger plate was until I met Becky. Some of you are probably going, what the heck is a charger plate? Well, it's a plate underneath a plate. It's crazy. But they love to make us feel at home. They love to just kind of roll out the welcome mat. Psalm 23, we're going to spend most of our time this morning in the second half of Psalm 23. Because in the second half of Psalm 23, we see God as this incredible host. He goes from being this amazing shepherd who guides us, who loves us, who cares for us, and, and the imagery shifts to, to God as this incredible, incredible host. The setting of this dinner that, that he's, he serves, so to speak, is life itself, and what he's offering is life and life to the full, and like an incredible host, he goes over the top when he, when he serves. And, and what kind of a host is God? Well, there's three things that I want to pull out of the, the second half of this, this chapter this morning. The first thing is this. God is a host who takes great joy in serving you. He takes great joy in serving you. What does David say? He says, he prepares. So he's put some thought into this. He knows what he's doing. He's prepared a table in the presence of of, of my enemies. It's this picture of God laying out the table to serve us. And I don't know if you've ever stopped to think about this, but how crazy is it that the God of everything, maker of heaven and earth, He serves us. Now, He's not subservient to us, but, but he, he, he serves us. He loves to bless us as His kids, and He, he just loves to come al alongside of us and, and, and just pour out blessings on us. And how do I know that he actually enjoys it? Well, Psalm 100 actually uh, says this. We're, we're commanded to serve the Lord with gladness in Psalm 102. And it only stands to reason that if God's commanding us to serve with gladness, that he also understands what it means to serve with joy, to serve with gladness. And, and this is part of what makes somebody a great host, is that they just love to serve their guests. They love to serve their guests. I hope when you come in here on a Sunday morning that you you get that sense. You know, we've got some great hosts here 
on Sunday morning. People like Heather and Melody and our guest services team who, who just love to lay out the welcome mat and, and make you feel right at home here on a Sunday. But what makes a great host a great host is that they just love to serve their guests. And, and think about all the people in your life who are the best hosts. Maybe it's a friend of yours, maybe it's an aunt, maybe it's an uncle, maybe it's a, a mom, dad, grandparent, whatever. One of the things that makes them a great host is you just get the sense that they just love to serve you. You know, it'd be totally different if we go over to Becky's mom's place and, and her dad's just kind of sitting there and he's just like begrudgingly getting up and helping out and and, and you just kind of get the sense like you're just like an obligation to them. Like they just don't really want to be doing this, but you're family. So yeah, we better make a nice meal, whatever. No. <laughs> what makes them a great host is you just get the sense. They don't even really have to say anything. You just, you just know that they, they, they love to serve you. And people who, who get this about hosting are what makes, are what makes the, 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 make the, the best host. The one who gets it finds that there's a joy and there's a blessing, but for those who don't get it, it's just another chore. And our God, though, is somebody who gets it. He gets that, that serving is, is, is good. It's just, you know, sacrificial, um, joyful servanthood is just it's part of his character. And you don't have to look any further than Jesus to see the, the truth of this. Jesus, throughout his whole entire time here on this earth, he just was serving people. And healing people, feeding people, restoring people. He was constantly serving people. And, and then, of course, there's that incredible example in John 13 where, where he's there with all the disciples in the upper room. And then what does he do? He takes off his outer garment. He grabs a towel and a, a, a basin of water. And he just goes around and he washes all the disciples' feet. And they're just sitting there just dumbfounded that, that, he, that, that he would do that. And when he was finished... He cuts through what was probably shocked silence with these words. He says, I've given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. So God, yeah, he's this, this gracious, generous host that loves to serve who's all about serving, and he comes along and says, hey, but, but you, you're called as well. And when you, when you serve, when you serve like Jesus does, he says, hey, there's, there's a blessing that comes with that. How are you these days when it comes to living a life of joyful service? How are you when it comes to that? You know, what does it look like? One of the ways you can tell how you're doing in this, this is, what does it look like at home? You know, you that, you that are married in the room, how does, how's, how does it look when it comes to how you're serving your husband or serving your wife these days? Kids, how are you when it comes to, to helping out around the house and serving and pitching in and, and doing dishes and vacuuming carpets and, and cleaning your room and all that kind of stuff? I could go on with that one, but we'll stop right there. How are, how are you doing? Is it chore or is it joyful, sacrificial, yeah, no, I, I want to do this because it's just good to do. How about at work? How are you when it comes to serving at work? How are you, how about in your church? Where's your heart at? Is, is, it, is it obligation? Is it just religious duty? Or is it joyful, sacrificial service? Does it look 
like the heart of God who's laying out this table, preparing a table for, for us when he doesn't have to. God is a, is a, is a, is a good, generous host, and, and he, he, he loves to serve. Next, when God, we, we see that God is a host, is that he's, he's someone who brings relief from whatever challenges you're facing in life. He brings relief from whatever challenges you're facing in life. David writes that not only does God prepare the table, but where does he specifically prepare that table? In the presence of my enemies. And it doesn't say in this, this chapter, it doesn't, it doesn't come along and say that God gets rid of all the enemies and then he prepares a table when all the enemies are gone. No, it says he prepares the table right there in the presence of, of, his, of his enemies. And, and this is an incredible picture that we see um, not just here in Psalm 23, but all throughout the, the book of Psalms. Um, Brian talked about this last week, just how God is a God who's a shelter. Brian just unpacked how uh, we can be in the cave of life and find hope there and find peace there. All throughout the book of Psalms, you, you hear God described as things like, he, uh, described as a refuge. We can run to Him. He's, he's a strong tower that we can hide in. This is our God. He, he provides relief from whatever challenges that you're facing in life. And maybe attacking you like David, but maybe you're facing doubt. Maybe you're dealing with discouragement. Maybe you're hearing about masks possibly coming back. And it's just like frustration. Um, maybe what you're dealing with is, is just some kind of hardship in life that has to do with maybe a relationship Maybe it's habitual sin that you just can't seem to shake. I don't know what it is that you're facing, but God does. And he says, I'll be a strong tower for you in the middle of all of that. I'll not only protect you, but get this. He says, I'll also prepare a table in the middle of all that for you to feast on. That's a pretty good God. He, he, he doesn't just shelter us, but, but, but he comes along and he refreshes us. With his goodness. Author Dallas Willard, um, who has an entire book on Psalm 23, um, he has, a, he has a, a bit of a different perspective on this, this verse than a lot of times we have. He actually has what I would call a New Testament perspective on this, this verse. And what does Jesus say in the New Testament? Jesus comes along, he says, what about our enemies? He says, love your enemies. Love your enemies. And, and do good to those who harm you, bless those who curse you. And in light of that, th listen to what Willard says about this, this verse where we have this picture of God preparing a table in the presence of our enemies. He says, Since I love my enemies, I wouldn't feast upon a delicious meal in their presence and let them stand there hungry. The abundance of God's provision and safety in my life is so great that I would invite them to enjoy what God has prepared for me. Isn't that a good picture? God's abundance, what he has offered and given to us, is so great that I would even extend the invitation to, to those I deem to be enemies to come and enjoy that with me. Now, now, maybe this isn't just about sharing a meal, although it could be that. Maybe you have people in your life. Maybe it's that neighbor across the street who just drives you crazy, and maybe, maybe what you need to do this summer before 
fall comes is you need to have a barbecue and invite them over and just bless them, love them, all that kind of stuff. But, but what about the abundance of, of God's grace that's been given to you? Why not, why not instead of, of hoarding that, you know, the table's been spread, His grace is, is so abundant and so rich, why not instead of hoarding that for yourself, why not extend that, offer that to those who are on the opposite side of you? Maybe it's somebody who's been harsh to you at work. Maybe it's somebody who's got different political views than you. Maybe it's somebody that, that you just, that just grates on you that you just can't stand. Why not offer them some of that grace that's been offered to you? What about God's kindness? In Jesus' pursuit of us, he, he, he's constantly offering his, his mercy towards us. And we see the kindness of God just laid out for us like this extravagant feast. And there's enough to go around. What would it look like for you who, who has had that table of kindness spread for you in the presence of your enemies, what would it look like for you to, to invite some of them in to share on that? Forgiveness, it's the same thing. We've been offered so much forgiveness. God's forgiven our, our past. He's, he's cast our sin as far as the east, is from the, the west. It's this table of kindness in the presence of our enemies. Why not be people that instead of just taking that and hoarding that for ourselves, go and share that and offer forgiveness? And that's the whole thing that Jesus was getting at when he, he talked about the, 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 the person who had been forgiven much, loved much. And, and why not offer that? God's generosity is so great and so good that it enables us to be those kinds of people too, even to our enemies. And then what else does, does God as host do? While he brings abundant refreshing to our souls. David says that he anoints my head with oil, and then it says his cup is full. No, it actually doesn't say his cup is full. It says his cup overflows. It overflows. Now, hopefully for you, anointing your guests with oil is not a tradition in your home. If it is, that's weird. Don't invite me over. No, just kidding. I'll come over you and anoint my head with oil. Um, but back in Bible times, this was actually very customary. Your guests would walk in the front door, and two of the first things that they'd be greeted with is you would anoint them with oil. You'd put some oil on them. Usually it was like an olive oil that had some spices in it. And then the second thing you would do is you would get a, a glass, a cup full of choice wine and offer that to your guests. And this was an act of courtesy. It was an act of hospitality um, whose purpose was to bring refreshing which is to say, to bring strength, to bring new energy to your guests. It was just, it was, it was being hospitable. And in ancient cultures, this was common. But what's uncommon about the hospitality and the generosity of our God as this host is the way that God does this. He gives, get this, He gives and He refreshes to the point of excess. He doesn't just give enough, the Bible says. It says, no, he gives more than enough. It's, he, he is, there's that cup that he gives us, and it's overflowing. David doesn't just say it's full. No, it overflows. And this is the God we serve. He's not stingy. He's not somebody who, who holds out. He doesn't just offer the, the leftovers and kind of save the best for, for himself. No, he's a God who generously serves the best. And this picture it's so different than the picture that so many people have of the God that we serve. 
You know, one of the, every preacher kind of has their theme that sort of like runs through all their preaching. I probably have a few of them, but, but one of the themes that runs through my preaching that I think is a call that I have in life is to, is to, is to just come and bring a wrecking ball against the lie that God is a God who holds out from us. That he holds back. Because it's so not true. Now, to be fair, if, if the kind of holding back that, 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 you're, you're, that you're wanting, if, if, what you're, if what you're after is a life where you, you wake up hungover, where you, you live your life filled with perpetual greed, never getting enough, if what you're wanting is a life where you experience guilt and shame because of your mistakes and failures— if what you, what you want is a life that where hope and purpose just maybe ebbs and flows, and if that's what you want in life, yeah, God will hold out from you because He's going to be all about steering those things. But if, if what you're after in life is, is knowing the grace and the goodness and the mercy and the kindness and the generosity of God, and what, what you're, if what you're after in life is knowing life and life to the full, abundant life as Jesus described it, God is very generous. Very generous. He comes along to Adam and Eve, and what does he say? He says, hey, you've got all the garden. Eat any tree you want, except that one tree that's just going to destroy your life. It's the same with us. God is, he's a generous, generous God who doesn't hold back from us, but, but who who pours out his blessing on us over and over and over again. He leads us. He guides us. He walks with us through the darkest nights. He's, he's refreshing us with his joy, with his goodness, his strength. That's the God who we serve. And, and he's here today to bring abundant refreshing to our souls. You know, it's one of the reasons why showing up on a Sunday is just so important. It's because when we, we come together and we worship Jesus and we, we just magnify Him above whatever it is that we have going on in life, when we celebrate His goodness, what happens? Your soul is refreshed. Man, honestly, I, I came in here this morning just a little bit like heavy and I don't know why. Maybe it's just the post-vacation, you know, sometimes it's just hard to get the wheels turning again. And, but being here together with you, hearing you sing, by the way, you're singing awesome this morning, it just refreshes because God is here and He works through all of that to bring refreshing to our soul. That's the God that we serve. And some of you came in here today or, or maybe you're watching online and you switched that screen on and you're running on empty today. You have, you have situations in life that are just wearing you down. Maybe you're just tired for whatever reason. Maybe you came in here this morning and you're just... You're just heavy-hearted, you don't know how you're going to face another day, you need to know that the Lord, who's not only a good shepherd, but the Lord, who's this incredible host, is here today to serve. I know it's a crazy thing to say, but God is here to serve you, to wait on you, to restore you, to refresh you, to revitalize you. He's here to heal you. That's the kind of God that we serve. And don't ever get the picture that God is a God who wants to, who, who's, who, who will hold back from you. 
No, he is, he is here. He's for you. He, he wants to pour out his, his blessing on you today and not just fill you, but the Bible says he wants, he wants that cup to be overflowing. Amen? Would you pray with me this morning? Heavenly Father, I just want to, just want to, God, ask and invite that you would come, Lord, and God, you, you see where, where every person is at this morning. Um, Lord, I'm sure there are some in the room who are, God, just experiencing an incredible time, a great summer. There's, life is going good. It's, it's rainbows and butterflies and all that good stuff. And God, we just thank you for the times, Lord, in life, those seasons where, God, life just seems easy. And God, just refreshing and blessing comes easy, all that kind of stuff. God, following you. Uh, but God, there are also those in the room this morning, God, who are struggling, who are, God, heavy. God, maybe who have been following you. And, and God, they're, God, just that zeal that they once had for you, Lord, has kind of dwindled. God, I thank you that they're here today. Sometimes, God, we get to that place where we've lost some of that passion, we lost some of that joy, and, and the easiest thing in those seasons is just to not show up. But God, they've showed up today. And God, they're, they're looking for something. And God, I just want to thank you that you're here, God, to pour into them. God, we need your refreshing. God, that refreshing, that refreshing wind that we sung about, God, we need that in our lives. God, we need your spirit to fill us anew today. God, we need you, Lord, to give us a, God, just a new sense of faith and expectancy over what you're going to do in our marriages, what you're going to do in our families, what you're going to do in our kids, God, what you're going to do in our schools. God, we need you, God, to, to just fill us, God, with a faith and expectancy over what you're going to do in our church. So, God, I pray that where cups today are, are, are not overflowing, maybe they're half empty, God, maybe they're mostly God, maybe they're just on their last drop. God, I pray that you, who's the good shepherd, who's the great host, God, would come and, and, and God, just fill cups today to overflowing. Fill us to overflowing. I just wonder, maybe just keep your head bowed, bowed, heads bowed, eyes closed for a minute. And I just wonder if there's anybody here, you're going, okay, Rich, the idea of my cup overflowing is just so foreign to me. I can't, I can't remember if I've ever even had that be a accurate picture of my life certainly not my spiritual life and maybe this morning you're going but I, I want that and as your heads are bowed eyes closed I just I, I just want to pray for you if you're in that boat just put your hand up nice and high is there anybody there this morning I see see your hands awesome you got some of you in this room you can go ahead and put your hands down Heavenly Father I just want to ask Lord that you would by the power of your spirit, God, even right now in this moment, God, God, I have faith to believe this morning that, God, you're going to take those hearts and souls who are desiring to have their cup be overflowing. God, I believe you can do that right here, right now. And so, God, I ask that Jesus, Lord, whatever the situation, whatever the circumstance, God, maybe it's just life that has drained the, the joy and the zest, God, out of that cup. God, I pray, Lord, that right now, Lord, you would fill that cup to overflowing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Father, I, I, I pray, Lord, God, for all of us here. 
God, you, you've given us this incredible picture, Lord, of what kind of host you are. God, how you serve, and Lord, how you love to refresh, how you do that with gladness. Lord, I pray, Jesus, that, that God, we wouldn't just, um, Lord, see that and be grateful for what you are to us, but that, Lord, we would be challenged, Lord, in our own lives, in our own walks with you, God, to be just like you. God, to be people that, that live lives of service, to be people who live lives where we love to lay our lives down for others. God, may we be people whose lives are marked by bringing refreshing to those around us. And God, to do that, Lord, we need you to fill our cups up as well. God, that we're not doing this in our own strength, but God, that we're doing it in yours. God, that we're serving and loving, God, in your strength. God, help us to do that in our homes. God, help us to be that kind of a church. God, where it's just we, we, we don't even have to say it, God. It's just, it just seems so clearly that not only, not only do we love you, but God, we love people and we love to lay our lives down and serve other people and bring refreshing to them like you bring to us. God, thank you so much for this time we've had together this morning. God, I pray that your blessing would be on each person as we go into our week. God, would you be magnified in our lives, through our lives. May people see you. May they see our love for one another and see your and see you in us. God, I pray all this. I pray all your, just your, your deepest, richest blessing on us. In your name I pray. And everybody said, amen.